Well, good morning, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> and I am I'm not Pastor Dusty. Uh, if you were expecting him today, I wish I was sitting down there getting ready to listen to him. He is doing an outstanding job. Would you agree? And uh, it's very clear that the set man anointing of the house rests upon him. Uh, and I want to tell you today that uh, <clears throat> during this week, uh, his overseers, myself, uh, felt as if Dusty needed, needed to take at least one more Sunday of recuperation. Uh, tonight, uh, the Cowboys play the Vikings. And we have, we have a quarterback that uh, Dak is, we're not sure yet whether he's going to play or not. It's going to be a game decision, I guess, with the, the coach deciding. But I'm sure in that decision is going to be, do we play him for one game and risk him not getting well? Or do we rest him for this week? That's kind of what's going on with Pastor Dusty right now. We need Dusty for the long haul. And so uh, we felt this week, even though he's 85 to 90% back, that he needed to take another weekend to recuperate and rest from this procedure he's had done. And I told him, you know what, Pastor Dusty, the church is in a great place. You've got a deep team. I mean, look who's standing in for you today. I mean, Uh, really, a number of folks could have uh, been here today standing and done a great job, and we want you well. And so right now, I think he's probably watching. Would you let Pastor Dusty and Kendra know how much you love and appreciate them? And... and so what I have done is taken Pastor Dusty's notes that means today you're going to be about 10 or 15 minutes longer than you would with one of my messages. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> uh, but it's a very important uh, message that we're going to talk to you about today. Blessed to be a blessing. But before I do that, uh, let me just encourage you. Starting next Sunday is at the movies, as you just heard. This is such an incredible tool for you to bring friends who are maybe not real familiar with church, just say, hey, we're having a movie at our church, and, and uh, come be with us. And, of course, our prayer is when they come, we'll slip the message of the gospel in and get them hooked, and Jesus will do his part, and the Spirit of God will draw them. And it's just a fun time. Here's what we don't need. A movie at the church. <laughs> It's with great intention we do this, all right, one time a year. Uh, and uh, God is going to save people during this series, I promise you. And then, of course, outside, you notice in their foyer, it's Dream Team Preview going on out there. We've got all the tables set up for, for all of our Dream Teams. And last Sunday, hey, we had 60 brand-new people sign up to do a preview on a team. Come on and give it up today. Is that not fantastic? And all this is, is you can sign up to be part of a team and try it out for a Sunday or two or three and uh, just find a place where you can serve with a group of people who are making a difference. And then, of course, uh, Becky mentioned giving hope. That's coming. We've got a lot of great things. And then we're starting this Sunday. We're going to introduce to you again uh, our... Um, 
Vision for Legacy Sunday, which happens in December, a special offering that we take. And I'm just going to share with you about that offering. Here at Heartland, we very, very seldom talk about money. We don't really, you know, you know linger long on that. Today we will, because you need to know what God is doing with what uh, things you're giving with your generosity. And you need to understand why we ask for a legacy offering once a year. And so it's a, it's a time for us to share. And, and we don't, we're not using gimmicks. We're not, you know, trying to just put up some sad video to, you know, to make you feel guilted into something. We ask you to do this along with all of our staff, is to pray for you and your spouse or you and your family and say, God, what is it that you want us to bring in the legacy offering in, in December this year? And uh, we believe the Lord will speak to you. We don't have a set goal in mind. We're, we're just uh, believing that God is going to take care of the needs of the things we have, and, and God will allow us to do that. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said this, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What are they going to see? They're going to see your good deeds. They're going to see Jesus through you. Before this, he actually gives us a metaphor of salt. He says, we're to be the salt of the world. My wife, every time we go out to eat, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but during COVID, salt has disappeared off the table. So one of my wife's first questions is always, do you have salt? And sometimes they bring it in a packet, and sometimes they look at her like she's lost her mind. But somehow we always get salt to the table to add flavor to the meal that we're about to partake of. And this is what the Scripture is saying. You, the church... You're going to do things in such a way that you're going to make people's world taste better. You're going to light up uh, some dark areas that people have in their lives. And uh, look, at, look at this verse again. It says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works. And then they're going to give the Father praise for it. it it's a good gesture and it makes you feel good. But he says, that they, and I'm going to give you some that they's today, the motive behind our legacy offering. And it's nice that they could see your good deeds and be interested in that, but it's, it's even nicer that they will see your Father in heaven and glorify Him. Several years ago, we made the decision that we're going to get uh, really strategic regarding our legacy offering, and it wasn't just going to be random and wherever it goes, it goes, and we identified our mission vision in five areas of our church. We call them our legacy lanes. Everybody say legacy lanes. This past week, uh, one of my dear friends, Bob Mason, we laid him to rest. And as I sat there in that funeral uh, and, and heard the people speak uh, and just kind of remembered all the things that Bob has done, his incredible legacy of building churches all over the world. This morning, all over the world, people are worshiping God because that man has left a legacy that's going to live way longer than he did. Not just his two kids that he left a legacy with, but it's the people around the world that are being touched today. And we have a legacy that we're going to leave, and we believe that God has instructed us as individuals and as a church to do some things that make this legacy last beyond us. 
<coughs> excuse me, and the last words that came out of the mouth of Jesus before he was ascended, there was the, the day he was born and 30 years he spent before he even started ministry in preparation and three years of ministry, then dying on the cross and then the resurrection. And then for 40 days, he's popping in and out of rooms, talking to people and making himself known. And right before he's taken up to heaven, he gives us what his interest, what his heart, what his desire is. And he says this, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we feel like that God laid out what he wants us to do in the areas of giving in this verse of scripture. And it's like, it's like being in a courtroom. He tells us what our responsibility is going to be. There's going to be several different kinds of people. He did not say, you will be my judges. Uh, that's not our position or responsibility is to be the judge. You're not going to be the prosecutor. You're not even the defender. You're the one that sits down and raises your hand and says, I'm going to tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. This is what God has done in my life. You're going to be witnesses and then he gets very specific. He says, you go to your own city. For them, it was Jerusalem. For us, it's Carrollton, the DFW area. And then when you're done with that, you go to Judea and Samaria. That's, that's America for us. And then he says, to the ends of the earth. So our verse, this verse has framed our missions portfolio. There's local missions, there's national missions, and there's international missions. Missions. Wait, Pastor Dan, I thought you said there were five. And I, I did say there were five. We'll get to the other two. The other two uh, are for us personally as a church. It's the next gen in our church, our Heartland Church, and I'll tell you more about those in a second. But, but what I want to do for the next few moments is to tell you what we're doing and give you the so that statement for every one of these. First of all, let's talk a moment about local missions. Basically, what we're doing here is caring for people who are hurting in our area. 1 Corinthians 9.22 says this, When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Now, understand here, you have to be careful that you're not just giving a handout. This is not what Paul is saying in this verse of Scripture. Some organizations give people a handout, and that's, that's it. It's, it's done with. But that's not our assignment. Uh, not all compassion and charity are the same. For Christians, we don't just give people a handout. Our desire is to give them a hand up as well. We give people a handout just to meet their physical needs. We don't really meet what our assignment is. So Paul reminds us, I share in their weakness because I want to bring them to Christ. And then the verse continues, verse 22 Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. That's what, that's what At The Movies is about. We're trying to reach out so we can pull people in and introduce them to Christ. And we have to make sure, listen to me, church, that our acts of kindness are connected to the love of God. Don't just be generous. Don't just give money. But you do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, just this... Uh, well, it was a few months back. I suppose it was right after my surgery, and I had my cane, and I walked into a place of business to buy a meal, and uh, as I got up to pay for the meal, I guess somebody there thought, there's an old man that's crippled and needs, uh, needs to be blessed today, 
And the person there said, somebody has already paid for your meal, sir. Now, I had done that many times for others, but I was overwhelmed with the emotion I felt, and, and I could not connect it uh, until I got a little card that they had left there that said, I wanted to bless you today. What an, what an incredible thing it was. I was overwhelmed. Imagine me wanting to shed a few tears over somebody that had blessed me. I know you find it hard to believe that I wanted to cry. But we have those cards out there in the foyer ready for you to take so you can express an act of kindness for somebody in a restaurant or at a store or in line at the Starbucks to just say, hey, I'm from Heartland and I wanted to bless your life today. You don't want to just leave it hanging out there. Let them find a pathway to God in your act of kindness. In our local missions, we serve the practical needs of the people in our city so that, why? Why do we do it? They in turn would open their hearts to God. Jesus said it this way, we give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. That's why I love giving hope. I wish I could take credit for that, that idea. I, I can't. We used to have what we call the angel tree. Anybody remember those days of the angel tree? You just take a name and you just buy the presents and you would give the presents. This is so much better because we bring them in here and the parents pick out the toys and then we're there to pray with the parents before they leave the building. That's the way we connect them to Christ and to this church and to people that care and love them. This is a quick note for you from one person who served at Giving Hope last year. Listen to what they wrote and said. At Giving Hope, I had the opportunity to serve a single mom with two children. She arrived by Uber at Giving Hope because her car had broken down the day before. Job hours had recently been reduced. She broke down weeping as we prayed. She shared that she had felt so welcomed and loved and that we had made a wonderful Christmas for her children possible. She loved choosing a Bible for each of her kids, and we were able to bless both the kids with bicycles, which our team then delivered. That's so awesome. When we give, we give to a number of different areas locally here. We give to outreaches, to local ministries, to partnerships, to benevolence, to correctional ministry. Did you know that we bless people who are behind bars through this church? through counseling. This year, your giving, your giving helped gift a car to a local principal. Do you remember that Sunday when we gave a car to a wonderful, deserving lady? And it was without strings attached to it. It was just to say, hey, the Lord has blessed us. We're in turn going to bless you. The second area is national missions. And uh, there's a lot of strategy that's formed around this verse in Acts 16, 5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and they grew daily in number. Notice what the scripture here says. So the churches, plural, it wasn't just about the church in Jerusalem. They had vision for churches outside of that city and they were helping strengthen other churches. Over the last two years, our vision has been to strengthen other churches. I don't know that you know this or not, but earlier this year, we hosted 12 youth pastors 
Cody and, and, and Mikey and the team brought in 12 youth pastors and their wives and they put them in hotel rooms and they fed them and they poured into them for several days to say, hey, we at Heartland have been blessed and we're going to pass that blessing on to others. We're going to give you some tips regarding how you can better reach students uh, with the gospel of Christ. That's an amazing thing. You did that. And you probably didn't even know you did that, but through your legacy giving, you help us do things like that. Did you know that there's been two events that the Lord gave me this idea for called Shepherd's Rest, where we bring in ministry couples, and my wife and I, we, all of it is paid for. We bring them in, and, and we give them a place to stay that's nice and we house them and we pay for every bit of it all their food all their housing and during that time my wife and I just all our, the, the agenda really is this we just want you to have a great time and feel refreshed and if there's a time you want to talk about anything specific we're going to be here to do that two times that's happened over the last year and that's because you and your giving to the legacy offering have blessed people that way let me tell you, last Sunday, I heard it with my own ears. A, a man where I was visiting gave the statistic that 1,700 pastors a month are resigning in America. Can you imagine that? 1,700 a month. Did you know that you're sitting in a church today with, with this size and with this scope? You're in the top 4% of churches in America that are this size. The average church in America is 70 people, and 60% of pastors are bivocational. That means they try to pastor the church and they work another. You know what? I am so glad that God has blessed Heartland, and we've got to reach out and touch other pastors and other churches and say, don't give up. Don't burn out. Hang in there. You can do this. God has called you to do this. And so we're going to invest in pastors we're going to invest in other pastors, pastors who, like myself, that, that had moments early on in their ministry where they wanted to throw in the towel and give up. But God, through other people, spoke into our lives. National missions. We invest in launching new churches and strengthening existing churches so that they, in turn, can reach the world. In St. Louis, uh, downtown St. Louis, an area called U City. Did you know that there's a, a pastor there by the name of Brent Rome and U City Church that this church for 16 months gave money to for him to plant a church? And I'm happy to tell you that this past year, because of your faithfulness and giving and others that joined with us, Pastor Brent Rome bought the Tivoli Theater, an old theater in downtown U City, right in the middle of downtown St. Louis, and they're building a great church for the kingdom of God that wasn't there just a few years ago. Did you know that in McKinney today, there's a church that's meeting called Radiant Life that this church helped establish some years back. We gave them $1,000 a month, and that's a lot of money for a church that's getting started for over a year. And they're meeting today, and they're thankful this church poured. We're, we're excited about pouring into churches that are being planted all across the United States as a result of churches like ours coming together and committing through offerings and support to make sure the gospel is spreading across this nation. 
You're a part of Convoy of Hope, an unbelievable organization that uh, is the first to respond to natural disasters, even above the Red Cross and some of those organizations. Their feet are on the ground almost instantly. instantly. We don't have to assemble a team. Convoy is already on the ground through our giving. You do this. Thank you, Heartland Church, for giving to our legacy offering so we can support great organizations like Convoy of Hope. So our national missions, we're part of ARC, which plants new churches, Convoy of Hope, responding to disaster, Shepherd's Rest, the strengthening of pastors and leaders, Missions Me, a national uh, outreach, and then love offerings, loving pastors well. And I need you to know how powerful this one is. Uh, Pastor Dusty and Kendra, I spent time with him yesterday, and he told me about this story about how that he was on the phone last Christmas, right before Christmas, with a pastor, one of these bivocational pastors, and he just said the Holy Spirit spoke as he was on the phone and, and told him what he needed to do. He told that pastor who had four kids, he said, I want you to know that this, this year Heartland Church is going to help you with Christmas. We're sending you $1,000 so that your family can be blessed. The man began to weep over the phone and said, I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that we weren't going to be able to have a Christmas. Truly, the Lord has spoken through you. And we were able, because of your generosity to legacy, to write a check for $1,000 to a pastor who really needed it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us the opportunity to bless others. My wife and I, back in 2003, had a, a horrible car accident. A lot of you here remember that. My wife broke her neck and back. She's been about six weeks, of, as I recall, in a hospital bed in our bedroom. And people of this church were kind enough to support us. But do you know the first letter I got in the mail wasn't even somebody from our church. The first letter I got in the mail was from a pastor at Calvary Church in Irving, Pastor Don George. There was a letter, and it said, Pastor Dan, heard you and your wife were in an accident. Here's $1,000 for you. Our church wants to bless you, an area church. And I realized at that time, God, we got to do that for others. When something happens, we need to be able to respond. And the legacy offering helps us to be able to respond without coming to you as a church. You allow us the opportunity to bless people in such a way. And it's wonderful. You're amazing people. And I appreciate it. And then international missions. Let me talk about this briefly. Are you with me? This is not one of those rah-rah sermons, but it's needed. All right? Mark 16, 15. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is an interesting one. I think there's a twist on this one. I think anywhere and everywhere we give is great, but we've decided to be very strategic here. International missions, we focus on strategic mission, missions so that every person in the world has the opportunity to hear the good news. One of the areas that we feel like God has been calling us. It's hard to believe this with the technology in our world, but did you know there are still people living in the world today that have never heard the name of Jesus one time? Never heard the name of Jesus. Did you realize that there are 2,000 people groups that still do not have a Bible in their language? 
2,000 people groups without a Bible in their language, without a church. And we decided that while any place we give is good, we're, we're going to be strategic about where we place our giving uh, international missions dollars. So there's this area of the world that's called the 1040 window. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's a, an area of the world where 97% of the people who don't know Jesus live. 97%, but only 3% of the missions dollars that are raised in the world go there. 97% of the population, 3% of missions dollars. And only 1% of missionaries go there. That's staggering, ladies and gentlemen. Now, part of that is because some of those areas do not allow missionaries. But, but I want to tell you, that's not smart business. So we're focused big in some of these areas. In addition to that, God has opened the doors for us to partner with other folks, like an organization in Mexico that builds churches for indigenous people groups in the mountains of Mexico. I was on the very first trip with a group of guys that went down to these little, uh, uh, these folks that are, they're Indian people really, that live in the southernmost state of Mexico. They're all very short. And our guys went down there, and in a matter of five days, I know it sounds impossible, especially if I was part of the team, but in a matter of five days, we raised up a church of cinder block wall with a tin roof and built the pews for them to sit in, and they had a church in five days' time. And on the final day, all the guys, the, the, the guys were out in the hills uh, farming and working, but the ladies gathered around all of us men that have come down there and we dedicated that church. And I want to tell you, there was not a dry eye among our guys. We were all crying because the prayers that these ladies were praying and the thanksgiving they were offering. It took us five days and $13,000 to build a church that's going to impact the world forever. Listen. We already have the, the next church funded. It's already funded. We have the money for it. And in February, if the Lord and COVID will allow us to get down there, we're going to build another church. And guess what? In a, in a year, I hope we build two churches. And the next year, I hope we build three churches. And, and I hope God blesses us so that we can build hundreds of churches in this world for people. God has called us to do so. And lastly, we believe God has called us to love his people, the Jewish people. So we give 1% of the tithe that come into our church. We call it a tithe of the tithe, and we sow directly into the nation of Israel. Because we think people around the world should have a chance to hear the gospel. So where does it go? Unreached people groups. It goes to translations that are taking place of these 2,000 people groups that still don't have a Bible. Church planning, leadership development, and then Israel. And then the fourth lane. Y'all with me? I told you these are Dusty's notes, okay? So if you don't like the message today, you uh, email him and tell him that was awful. <laughs> Number four is next gen. figured I'd get a response from down here on the front row. <clears throat> this is a huge investment for us because ultimately, here's the truth. If we don't invest in the future, the gospel will die with us. We must prepare a generation of young adults and students and children 
to take the mantle of the next generation of leadership. Listen, I've never known a day where our values and our educational system and all around us are trying to change our kids to think like the culture that's around them. And we as a church and we as adults and we as parents and we as leaders need to recognize that we have to install the values of the Holy Word of God and Scripture into our kids. It's so critically important. Jesus said in Luke, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We got to do this. We got to build workers for the future. We have to train and build and invest in students. We buried a lady not long ago that was the Sunday school teacher for all three of my children. This lady plays values into my kids looking toward a future of a next generation and said, I'm going to plant some seeds. And because of her planning, you have a lead pastor that stands up here and a worship pastor that stands up here on Sundays that have something on the inside of their heart to pass to the next generation. It's got to continue. Oh, I'm doing a good job, y'all, all right? And so with our, with our next gen, we train the next generation to be a light around the world to fulfill and share the Great Commission. So with our next gen, it includes a reveal conference. Hey, y'all, did you know I travel a lot? I don't know if you know that. I'll be in a church somewhere, and I'll mention the church I'm at, and they'll say, Oh, that's where that, that student conference is at. Yeah, that's, that's my boy. He started that a few years back. Yeah, that's, that's him. I'm not proud or anything, all right? I was just... But people come up, how do you guys do that? It's the grace of God that rests on us. And I want to tell you something. There are kids that come out of that Reveal Conference every year that are changed and transformed by the power of God, and they're going to change their world. I promise you, God is going to use them to transform their world. We also have now camps, and I can't say enough about that. I'm trying to hurry. Pastor Dusty's notes are long, unlike mine. And leadership, you. And then lastly, Heartland Church. Matthew 16, Jesus is talking, I will build my church. Now, if you didn't hear my message a few weeks ago about no place else I'd rather be, I did a whole message about this, about loving my church. But, but the Lord didn't say the church. He said, my church. He's going to build. He said, I'm going to build my church. I love this stinking place. That's probably not a good word to use to describe it, is it? I love this place. And uh, I like things that happen around here. I like the celebrations. I like having, I like the dream team parties. My Lord, they're so much fun. <laughs> laughing my head off. I like learning. I like uh, seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I like Sundays we had like a couple of week, weeks ago where we just change it up. And at the end of the service, Brett Jones called people down and we had prayer at the end of the service. I like mixing things up to where you don't ever know what's going to happen when you come to church. It just could be something different. And then I like having popcorn and popping the taupe top on the Coke bottle when it's at the movies time. You know what I'm talking about? I love this place. And I want to tell you, I like 
students having experiences in their worship service on Wednesdays where they're on their face before God for an hour or so and worshiping and hey, they can play video games for an hour. How about having church for an hour or two hours or three hours and loving on Jesus for that period of time? I love that Jesus said, this is my church and I'm going to build my church. And at Heartland, we're a life-giving church that exists to love people to life in Jesus Christ so that people can what? Say it with me. Know God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. I love it. Did you know that part of this year's legacy offering is going to help us build a new coffee shop out in the foyer of the church? Why are we doing that? It's not because we want some special lattes and a machine that'll make that. I have to stand up here and confess to you, I do not like coffee. In fact, I told the first service, I have never had a cup of coffee in my life. I have never, are y'all hearing me today? I have never drank a cup of coffee. I tasted one one time and I said, that's nasty. Get that rot gut out of here. And people told me, you have to develop a taste for it. I said, why? I don't like it. But guess what? I'm all for the coffee shop being built because it's not about me. And what's, what, what our desire is in building a coffee shop is that people hang around out there and they start talking while they're drinking their stuff. I hope they have Dr. Pepper out there. I'll participate. If there's a little bit of Dr. Pepper at the coffee bar, I hope they have. That's my request, all right? Put some Dr. Pepper in there. But the goal is to get people talking around the coffee shop and in the foyer as they're sipping on their lattes or whatever it is they're going to have. And, and during the course of the conversation, there's a connection that's made. And maybe there's going to be some prayer going on out there in the foyer of our church. And somebody's going to say, I really feel what you're talking to me about. Can you pray with me about that. It, it's not going to be the, the service or the message necessarily that touches them, but out there in the foyer, somebody's going to make a connection, and through that connection, they're going to be introduced to Jesus. Can I talk like a pastor for just a minute? So don't be out there turning your nose up, they're spending money on the coffee thing. My Lord, we could be feeding the poor. Do you know, I, I know how people think sometimes, all right? Understand, everything we do at this church has a purpose in mind of loving people to life in Jesus Christ. And if it's coffee helps us do that, bring on the coffee, baby. I just, and, and while I'm talking about this, I just would like to, give out a few thank yous here. 
I want to thank our, our trustees, our board, incredible men and women of God who help us with the business of our church. And I don't know how many here, there were some here in the first, but if you're here and you're part of that, I want you to stand up and let this church recognize me. I see Shelly, and I don't know, are there others here? Some of you, just stand up right now if you're here and you're part of our trustee board. I want you to give it up for Shelly today. Help us with the business of our church. In fact, can I say something to you right now? We are the healthiest financially that we've ever been as a church right now in the middle of everything that's, that's happened. And we're healthy in this area because we practice what we preach. We live on way less than what comes in, and it helps us to respond to the needs around us. And at the same time, we've been paying down on the debt of this building. Did you know in the last two years, in addition to the monthly payments that we make on our principal and interest, that we've paid $130,000 more on our debt? Our bank can't believe it. How y'all doing this in the middle of a pandemic? And I just say we got the best people in the whole world, part of our church, and they're giving, and they're generous, and they love God, and they love people. And I, I want to thank those leaders who to help us to represent our church and give countless hours. I want to thank our business administrator, and she was here in the first service, but you need to say, tell Kelsey Tim sometimes, just give her some kudos and a pat on the back. Yeah. Kelsey is one of the smartest people I know. She's grown up in this church. She loves the Lord, and she is so good with numbers and math. And, and I thank her so much. And I know the reason some of you applauded so rowdily there is because she's the one that you go see when you're needing a check, all right? And she's the one that you go see when you're needing a reimbursement. But the truth is, Kelsey helps us to stay on track with our finances. We gotta give thanks and praise to people who help us in our accounting and making sure we're right and doing things in the right way. We don't ever wanna be one of those churches where you know the, 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 the media is so quick to look and say, look, they're abusing all that money. It's not gonna happen here as long as it's under my, my jurisdiction and Pastor Dusty's. We're gonna be accountable and we're gonna be wise with our money and strategic with our money. Listen, because you support our church and you give generously, giving hope last year, we needed $13,000 to get the gifts and the stuff that we had to hand out. You know what we did because of your generosity? We just wrote a check for it. It was in the bank, ready to use. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Heartland Church, for supporting us so generously. Because you do what you do, we're able to do that. And uh, Pastor Dusty was talking to one of our single ladies the other day in the hallway of our church, and she was in tears about her life. Son is on drugs. She doesn't know what to do. And Dusty was able to stop her right in the hall and say, here, take this card. I want you to email this address. We're getting you to a counselor. Start it this week. And your first four sessions are paid for because you need to figure out how you can help yourself and how you can help your son as you walk through this. Do you know how great it is to be able to do that, to help people who really need help? I also want to thank our legacy team, men and women who God has really blessed with the gift of giving to help us to fund the vision of this church. 
And if you're interested in being part of that team, Steve Cash is the coach, and I work with him in that area. They call me the legacy pastor. I, I just thought that was, a, a, you know, because I'm older, but <laughs> it actually has some strategic purpose in that. We, we want to connect with those people who God has given the gift of giving to. And it's not about the amount. There are certain people in our church who God has just blessed with the gift of giving. And, and uh, I want to tell you, it's, it's that this church and the leadership of this church always has way more vision than funding. Really, we, we got vision. We could, we could do things for days on end. And so these people that help us that are on our legacy team, they help us by, by, by their giving just to move the vision of the, of the church forward in a faster way. One of the projects that recently uh, occurred as a result of COVID was our need of, of uh, better streaming uh, things to help us to do it in a more excellent way. And, and during the COVID pandemic, when we were shut down, we realized that, that we, we have to do this better and we have to do this more excellent. We need more equipment. And you know what? As we were sharing the vision with the legacy team, one of our partners said, I see the value and I feel the burden of what you're talking about. I'm going to give 40 grand towards helping you get the equipment you need to do what you do and do it better. $40,000. Now, you may think that's not a big deal, but go online sometimes and watch some of what's going on out there. I promise you, I've seen some of them online that I know that if they pointed the camera down, they're sitting there with just a suit and a tie on and their underwear. I know that's happening. You know what happened during the, the pandemic and COVID? Is you, it was just like you were in church in a lot of ways, except there were no people sitting out here. Our team went on, and we have... We have ordered equipment that's even going to make it better, but it's, it's not here because of all the shipping difficulties that are going on right now. But listen, here's why it's important. In 2021, in 10 months of this year, people have watched live. Are you listening to me? I'm not talking about going back and listening to something over. People have watched live 580,000 minutes of our services think about that 580,000 minutes come on and give it up to the Lord today one man in our church told us about his brother who was watching online I think it was from Boston and he was so moved by one of our services online in another part of the country that he drove and found a church in his area, went in, got saved, and got baptized simply because he started by watching an online service here at Heartland Church. Two minutes and 39 seconds over, so I've got another 15 minutes on Dusty's clock, so... Oh, I heard that groan. <laughs> That's the heart behind Legacy Sunday. And you, you start thinking, well, we've done a lot. It's been great. It's been amazing. But if you get in your car on Sunday and you drive around our neighborhood, you look at people, there's a hopelessness, there's a heaviness in our, in our country right now and in our world. They got to have hope that comes from somewhere. So as I close today, there's, there's three things that I want to leave you with. That, the, that 
you know, the title is Blessed to Be a Blessing. And it's because of this. God blesses us more than we need so we can be a blessing to others. Now look, I know that inflation is crazy and milk price has gone up and gas price and most certainly bacon prices have gone up. I said I didn't like coffee. I love bacon, all right? Those costs have all gone up, but I need you to, I need you to keep things in perspective today because some of you, you might be saying, you have no idea what my life looks like right now. But you're sitting in a building today with heating and air conditioning, listening to a message that's on one of the best sound systems, if I can say that, that's anywhere in any church. You got lighting, you got such great things. You got a restroom that has a divider in it and not a hole in the ground, like some of those churches I went to in Sri Lanka. My wife this week, she had set a picture frame up in our bathroom. She was going to hang it on the wall. And, and somehow, the picture, as the door was closed, fell over and wedged the door shut. Now, the hinges are on the inside. We don't know how we're going to get that door open. I told my wife, call somebody. Call George Steary. <laughs> That's who I call every time I have a problem I can't. Call somebody that has a mechanical mind because I don't have the mechanical mind. But for two or three days, our bathroom door was wedged shut. And somehow my wife got it open last night. I haven't even been able to discuss how she did it yet because I had already gone to bed by the time that feat was accomplished. But later, she sent out a text online to our family and said, the Lord convicted me because I was saying, I have to walk 30 feet to use the restroom in the front of the house. It's so irritating when the fact of the matter is there are people in the world who don't even have a restroom to use. We are blessed. You're sitting in this room today, you're blessed. And you have to know why you're blessed. You're blessed to bless others. Genesis 12, 2, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Vacations are good, the mall is good, football is good, eating out is good. But God's saying, you're blessed, not for all those things, but so you can be a blessing. I don't mind that you enjoy life, but you got to bless others. Number two, when we bless others, God takes care of our own needs. There's something God has taught us in the last two years. When the pandemic hit, there were pastors telling us and predicting you need to cut your spending by 50%. You need, to, you need to slash spending. You need to do this because your giving is about to be decreased. And we just decided as a church we're going to keep giving. We're just going to keep giving like it's just normal times. Keep loving people, helping people. That's who we are. It's what we're called to do. Not only did we not experience a decrease in 2020, we increased 10% in our giving. And we're on track to do the same thing this year. 10% increase in the middle of a pandemic. 
Let me tell you, I marvel at God, how God has kept us as a church. And I say this with all confidence. We don't give so that we can be blessed. We're give, we give because we're already blessed. But you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. You give and he gives in return. Luke 18, I guarantee this. Say, I guarantee this. Anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many times more. Where? Everybody say in this life. That's the here and now. And not only that, you're going to receive eternal life in the next world to come. You got an eternal return on investment. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. You can never outgive God. And then lastly, the more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. Luke 12, much is required from those to whom much is given, for their responsibility is greater. There's a tradition in Jewish law. The Jewish law, the firstborn gets 50% or a double share of the inheritance that's given. So if there's three sons in a Jewish family and there's 12 sheep, just to make this real easy, the firstborn gets an additional share. So instead of it being broken into thirds, it's broken into fourths. And the firstborn gets two shares while the other sons get one. Let me show it to you in Scripture, Deuteronomy. He must acknowledge the son as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. Why? Is it just because the firstborn is the favorite? Pastor Dusty says yes on his notes here. Oh. Now, look at what the verse says. That son is the first sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him. That word, you could interchange. That, that word there of right could be trans, just translated as responsibility. He's going to have, if something happens to dad, he's going to have responsibility for the whole family. So he's given a double share. He's, he's got to represent the father if something happens. You say, well, that's Old Testament. Hebrews 12, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of what? Everybody say the church of the firstborn. Do you realize that God considers the church his firstborn? I'll let you in a little secret. God's going to bless people, but he's going to bless his firstborn with a double portion. The church is going to be blessed. Did you hear me? The church is going to be blessed. And he isn't giving us a double portion because we're better or we're, we're his favorite. He's giving it to us. He's given us more joy and more love and more ideas and more hope so that we can give it away because we represent the Father's strength to the world today. We are the church, the firstborn of the Lord, and we've got to reach out and bless the world around us. Okay, I'm 10 minutes past. That's about good right there. This is good stuff. So what do we want from you? Over the course of the next month, 
we want you as a family unit to begin to pray and say, God, what do we do as a family for our, for our legacy offering? And then you do what the Lord tells you to do. And we want everybody to be a part. We want 100% participation. And it's not about how much it is. It's about what God tells you to do. And then on our Legacy Sunday, which will happen in December, we want you to come together as a family. Bring your whole family. Your kids should be a part of this. Your kids should know about your decision. And you say, we love our community and we love the Lord and we love our church. We love the next gen so much that the Lord has spoken to our heart and this is what we're going to do. That's all we ask. Y'all willing to do that? Good. You love the Lord today? I want you to look around you right now. Just look around this building and and look at the wonderful people that God has brought you into community with. Maybe you're a guest here today. If you are, I want to tell you this is this is the most wonderful group of people, and I am not the least bit biased at all. <laughs> I've been a part of this church now for I think it's going on 37 years. Some of you sitting here have been part of the church longer than that. And you know what? I am so blessed to be part of this community of believers. And I love you. My wife and I love you. And you have been there for us so many times when you didn't even know you were blessing us. And I thank you for that. I thank you for being a church that's generous and thoughtful and loving. I told Pastor Dusty, and he was a little disappointed that his overseer team told him, no, you don't need to be at church Sunday. Really disappointed because he wanted to deliver this message. And I told him, Dusty, you don't have to worry about your Heartland family because they're going to respond because God moves on their hearts to respond. And I'm the messenger today, but if it were me or Cody or Becky or Mikey or whoever was standing up here or Pastor Dusty, that's the kind of church you are. And I'm grateful. Every head bowed and every eye closed today. We never want to let a service pass without inviting perhaps somebody to find Jesus to be real in your life. We believe that if you don't know him, it just takes a simple statement of faith to say, I believe in you, Lord, and I repent of my sins, and the Lord will come in, and you can be part of the family of God before you leave today. Or maybe there's something else going on in your life that we don't know about. Maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe something is happening in your life that you need Jesus to touch you and bring restoration and we want to pray for you today so if you're here and you fit in one of those categories with nobody looking around but myself and the Lord of heaven looking down would you just slip your hand up quickly and just hold it up for a second until I can see you today keep it up keep that hand up thank you so much I see that hand 
Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see that. Church, let's stand together all over this room today. We're going to close in prayer, and Pastor Becky's going to come close us out in just a moment. It's been a long time since I've done something like this because of COVID, but if you're standing by a spouse or a friend or you're comfortable, I want you to make a point of contact. Just reach over and put a hand on a shoulder. If you're comfortable, take, take a hand that's beside you. Nobody forced to do anything they don't, but we're, we're going to unite our hearts together in prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your presence we feel today and have felt. And during our worship, God, your presence was here. I'm thankful for this community of believers. And I know there are people here today who are hurting. Maybe somebody who doesn't know the Lord as their Savior. Or maybe they've drifted away from Him. Or maybe they're walking through a valley of their, of their spirit right now. God, I pray that the holy presence of God will come to them today to let them know that you're walking right beside them. You've not abandoned them and you are there. In Jesus' name. We thank you for your church, God. It's the most precious thing in the world. And we give you praise for it. And everybody said amen today. God bless you so much. I love you, Heartland Church. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Let's give him uh, all of our love to Pastor Dan, our legacy pastor. Thank you all for worshiping Jesus Christ with us today. We'll hope you'll stop out in the lobby and visit a few tables, including Giving Hope and the Thanksgiving food drive table, as well as all of our Dream Team previews. Our worship team is gonna sing us out. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday night, first Wednesday, for Pastor Kevin Heron.